Dave Reams, Managing Director, Calidus Resources. Calidus is a gold producer in Western Australia. Stage one, 90,000 ounces per annum, building up to stage two, 130,000 ounces per annum. Uh, we're in our commissioning and ramp up phase as we speak. Uh, lots of good exploration potential around us in the East Pilbara. And we're also looking at spinning out uh, a lithium for our ownership of the lithium company, uh, which we've put together in the last year. Dave, good to see you again. Uh, sorry, back in May. Um, and thanks for coming back on the show. So interesting times, interesting markets out there at the moment. Um, who would be a gold producer in this market? Inflation inflation hitting uh, your bottom line. Um, how's it going out there? Well, look, Aussie dollar terms, the gold prices pretty well stayed stable for I don't know how long, a long time down at 2,500 to 2,600 range. And uh, I think sentiment is driven by US dollar gold price more than you know Aussie dollar. Uh, so certainly from a, an equity value proposition, the whole across the gold sector in Australia, it's been hammered probably down 40, 30 to 40% over the last six months. Um, that's across the board. Uh, and uh, portion of that I think is to do with inflationary fears, but a portion of it is, is purely sentiment. Um, inflation, I, I think it's made up of two components. There's real and, and transitory. Uh, real inflation is the labour that we've increased our pay scales and, and you don't get that back. Um, transitory is things like diesel and explosives price as energy prices come off, uh, they will come back. Uh, and in particular for us, we, we've just switched over to LNG for our power station, so that's taken a lot of our diesel burnout uh, as well. But so some of that inflationary pressure I see coming off, and that, that obviously helps margins. So for companies like you, when you're doing that in this kind of ramp up phase of production, right? And I, I assume you're going to sort of be aiming towards hit your end, end of your guidance here. The market's looking for surety around specific variables, specific data points. Costs um, affect your bottom line, obviously, and margins. What are the things that you point the institutional guys to or will you point the retail guys to and say, look, fundamentally, we're getting a lot of this right. The transitory stuff will fall away. Some of it won't, but we will make adjustments. Yeah, so look, we haven't put out a lot of, a lot of data regarding costs and other things in the marketplace just yet because we are in an operational ramp up. Um, but certainly what, what we're seeing is cost-wise against our budget, we're tracking very well. Um, no major surprises there. There's There's been some... Some of those ramp up costs, like we've been, as I say, we've been running on diesel, not LNG, and that's now out of the way, et cetera. You know, I, th I think the cost side is one, and to get a margin, it's the revenue side, obviously. You know, it's, it's very pleasing to see our grade control model. Um, grade is reconciling very well to our resource model. Um, you know, we, we had a good quarter, the June quarter. Um, with reconciliation through to the, the gold bars that we've put out. Um, but, you know, there is more work to be done there. We, we've got quite a bit of COVID still um, going around. We still get locked up for seven days down here. And, um, you know, we're sitting at 15% to 20% of our staff at the moment off with COVID. And, and as soon as you get a key staff off, you know, we've only, we've only got one explosive truck operator on site at once. And if they're sick, you don't blast. You've... Our GMs down, our processing managers down. So, you know, there are a lot of challenges um, in maintaining, uh, I suppose, production um, to feed the mill and supervision of that revenue stream. So, you know, that's probably one of the main uh, issues that we face at the moment is, is just personnel. But you're right, because it's not just personnel, it's, it's 
key personnel in key roles, which can stop. He's kind of like um, organizing the holiday roster. If you've got one guy who's in charge of driving explosives truck and he's on holiday, yeah. you know there's going to be no blasting while he's away. So yeah. what do you do in an environment like this where you're still dealing with COVID in Western Australia? It's, it seems quite draconian still, whereas the rest of the world is just taking the view of it's discretionary. If you want to get on with it, get on with it. If you don't, you know, fine. Yeah. Um, how do you plan for that? Because that affects, that could affect two weeks, three weeks worth of operations in some cases. So what, what are you doing about that? Yeah, look, it's it's very challenging. You know, in, in your example, a guy going on holiday, um, you know, if a person's going on holiday, you can plan to bring someone in. You've got advance warning. With COVID, they test positive on site, get locked straight in their room for seven days. You don't have spare capacity on site. You don't have backups for all these key jobs. Two reasons. One, cost, but second, scarcity. You know, we, we've got a very tight labour market here in, in Australia with, with these skills. So you, you just can't have people, there just aren't people floating around. So then, then you've got to scour the state or Australia to see if you can do anything. Or worst case, you've just got to wait till lab out or the next person comes in on their swing. So it's, uh, yeah, what are we doing about it? Uh, we have a lot of protocols on site to try and minimise um, spread and it was all going very well, but, you know, you get one or two people who maybe don't do the right thing and, and get a bit ill and don't tell people and before you know it, it's it's wildfire through camp and, as you said, with our measures in Australia, we we have to isolate people, uh, whether we whether they're showing symptoms or not, we then test the whole of site. If there's problems, they get locked up. Wow. Okay. Good. Um, so things like that, it makes it a, a tougher planning environment for operations, right? In terms of dri driving efficiencies. That that said, when I when I kind of push CEOs on these sorts of topics, um, and especially when it's you know things like inflation hitting the bottom line, they say, well, we can eke out efficiencies elsewhere. We're looking at this, that, and the other, and we might be able to, you know, ho hopefully not um, have things affect the bottom line so much. Which begs the question, why weren't they doing that in the first place? Because it should be at a constant, constant thing that they're looking at. So for you, if I look at like things like uh, cost of um, staffing, employees, contractors, et cetera, do you genuinely think that that is not transitory? In the past, pre-COVID, you would have said, you know, market's going to rise and fall and, you know, what you have to pay people rises and falls depending on, you know, availability. But the scarcity is coming from what? People just not coming into the mining sector? Oh, yeah, it's a whole range of things. Firstly, um, people not coming into the mining sector, uh, the, the younger generation, you know, it's probably a sector that isn't top of their list um, of things to do, uh, you know, even though you can get into lithium and all these other things that the world needs for greening, it's, it's still considered not a very green industry and not something that attracts a lot of people. Uh, our borders have been shut for a couple of years and Australia is you know, a massive, there's a massive migrant intake each year. And so a lot of those skills haven't been coming in. And if you have a look, you know, on our site, uh, we've got people from all around the world. You know, we've got people from Sri Lanka, from China, from Africa, from UK, from uh, Pacific. It's, you know, everywhere you can draw skills from, we're drawing, but we, we've had none of that inflow. And we've, you know, we've been going through a bit of a commodity boom. You know, all the prices have been up. There's been a lot of projects 
um, constructed and uh, and across the whole board. It's not just mining, I suppose. You know, you talk to anyone over here in Western Australia in particular, we've got a few percent unemployment. So you name it from having a your local barista through to, you know, our explosive truck operator, there's just no flex in the, in the numbers at all. Okay. Well, we're in danger of getting sucked into the, um, the good old days yes. conversation, right? So... Um, Let's come back to you. Okay, you are in this ramp up period. You're, you haven't kind of released figures. Will you c- complete this kind of ramp up to you know optimum state by the end of the year? Yes. Okay. Will you at that point then release the numbers and give people a sense of how how you're doing and what your expectations are for twenty twenty three? Absolutely. We'll we'll obviously do quarterly reports. Okay. Um, and once we declare commercial production, we'll provide guidance for the the year ahead. Um, once we've got some confidence in those numbers, so that'll all be coming. Um, okay, because yeah, we, we we need something to kind of ju- ju- judge your performance by. So, so the ramp yeah. up is a kind of like a steady state. Hey, we're producing cash, and you know here are the margins, which gives a sense of comfort. But the bit I wanted to talk to you about today, you've got to raise some money, not you know a big chunk of money, twenty million bucks, right? Um, and you talk about that for to fund growth projects. What, what's that actually mean for you? Yeah, so the way debt works. Um, is we've got to achieve various performance hurdles, three months performance tests. And you know, as we've alluded to the market, we haven't been milling at full capacity due to some constraints and with COVID and maybe not mining it where we need to be. And, and we need three steady months to get that ticked off. We need to fill up things called debt reserve accounts with the bank. Um, so a lot of our cash, apart from paying off debt, goes into these other accounts and we can't access any excess cash until we've passed all these performance tests. So we're not going to see cash back from the operation till sometime in you know first half of next year. So we could either sit on our hands and do nothing and chew into my life, or go to the market and shareholders and say, hey, this is the situation. So we can sit on our hands or you know, we can raise a bit of money and, and get cracking. And, and that's what uh, the market you know showed very strong support for is, is growth. So we're going to be out there drilling again. Um, for gold down at Blue Spec, Marble Bar at Klondike. We've got a whole program planned and ready to go. So we're just finalising um, drill contracts now. Um, we've, you know, the, the 20 million has allowed us to engage on discussions on looking at satellite deposits around us uh, and how we'd fund drilling and whether we need to you know, put any um, funds into, into achieving, you know, some, some form of input into those projects. Uh, and then we've got the lithium as well, where um, you know it's not it's not core, but we certainly see good value in it. Um, we've told the market we're going to um, spin that out into a separate company. So we'd like to add some more ground in, do some more exploration, and add more value before before that gets let loose. So all of these things, this twenty million gives us uh, the ability to do, whereas otherwise we we just couldn't have done anything. Right, it gives you the ability to talk about a lot of different things, but. Um it doesn't. It, they don't necessarily all have the same value, you know, dollar for dollar spend uh, value. So, w- what's important to you? Is the spin out more important than going finding new gold, given that you've already got a, bit, a decent sized resource? I mean, how, how do you how do you value these things yourself? Uh, it's more about what's actually happening on the ground. Do we have decent targets we think are worth drilling? Firstly, uh, and, and we certainly do for gold. There's some pretty exciting stuff, especially to the west of Blue Spec. We, to crack on with you know if we can find some more 16 gram ore bodies that's 
manna from heaven. Um, so that can add real value. The lithium, you know, we've got don't have a resource or anything like that. You know, we've done some scout drilling, SOs coming in. Um, yeah, that's got a long way to go. So there's absolutely there's value in lithium and everyone's excited about it, but it's, it's not the same value as, as we have in gold. And I think, yeah, it, look, it's a very good question. It's very hard to determine where it goes, but we've got budgets for each that we think are appropriate for the company from a medium and longer term for value add, not just immediate short term. Right. Okay. So can you, can you help us with that? Just understand that, that, that phasing, because obviously you bought blue spec and you spent some money on that and you, 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 pay, you paid a chunk of change away to Novo resources. So surely you've got to focus on that. That, that's, that, that seems like the, the, the quick win here or, or is it? So feasibility is coming out this quarter on blue spec. Um, looking at starting early works, there's some accommodation units we've put out a foot on nearby, some secondhand mining kit for underground coming from nearby that if we can you know, just quietly start to accumulate that, uh, it can save us a lot of money from the capital we're predicting. And obviously with inflation, capital has gone up. So certainly with the fees, we'd expect those costs to be going up. So anything we can take our time and put our foot on for, for something with a lot of savings, it's well worth doing. So yeah, that's certainly something we need to do. We still have to permit blue spec, that's gone in. Um, but again, back to the old labour shortage, it takes time. It's taking two times as long, if not more, to get things permitted. Um, but we want to have things ready to go when when we you know, decide it's time to press the button. Right. Okay. And then, and then talking of sort of you know um, putting yourself in a position to produce more cash, as it were, uh, the Warrawoona Mill expansion. Now we've seen companies like. Um, uh, like Karua Resources by a second mill in, in, in their district um, quite cheaply. You know, they, they, there, was a, there was a good spend of money, I, I think. But with with the expansion right now, are you going to be able to, you know, feed that? Have you got a, have you got enough that can go through the mill to kind of produce this additional cash? Would that be a good use of money right now in this environment? Oh, absolutely. So we're not talking a lot of money for um, what we're looking at with a mill expansion. Uh, because um, in our fees, we said 2.4 million tonne per annum for transitional, 2 million tonne per annum for fresh. We think on a blend, we can keep it running at that 2.4 to 2.5 million tonne per annum. So short term, not a huge benefit um, because the first year and a bit were forecast to be transitional. Um, but as we start getting into fresh, the tonnage doesn't, uh, ramp down. We were building large stockpiles under the previous scenarios. This just allows us to produce more cash. Again, more of a medium-term win. But again, it all it all takes time. You know, you don't just grab these things off a shelf. Some of the pumps and screens and other things it takes time. And with shipping, it all takes time. So, making sure they're in place so when we're in the fresh or starting to get fresh into our blend, it doesn't wind our tonnage back. Right. But um, we need to raise additional capital to actually make that happen uh, so that was part of that growth capital those same set rights in there okay okay yeah so we're talking a few million few million dollars for that okay so that that, that probably seems like a, a good, good use of capital going to set yourself up and because it, it's it's one of those funny things now as a producer uh, i sort of jokingly said he'd be a producer in this environment because it seems better to talk about sort of fluff, fluffy concepts than actually mine at the moment um you, you know where you talk up talk about the potential of the future where you guys have actually got a deliver the answers and keep hitting your targets. In, in a way, it's kind of bizarrely harder, even though you're throwing off cash, isn't it? 
Oh, look, it's, uh, you know, it's unrelenting from here uh, in that, you know, being an operator, uh, especially, you know, during commissioning where you're finding out all the little hiccups uh, is, is normally hard enough, but in the middle of COVID and labour shortages makes it a lot harder and, and the market is uh, unrelenting in its requirements. So, you know, you've got to build trust with the investor base that you can deliver um, and, and once you get into the, the swing of things, life becomes a, a little bit easier. Um, but then, and then the market just says, well, what's next? What's your growth project? So you do have to be doing both both at once and achieving well on both. You, you absolutely do because growth is the number one key component here. It's going to drive that share price. Like you, you like many other gold uh, producers, and, and especially in Western Australia, have been you know, hit over the last few few months, irrespective of what you do. So I think that's the sentiment component. But um, produ- production-wise, um, you, you've ramp-up phase, great. You've got 20 million bucks to kind of look at this kind of ex- this expansion growth component. To it. We have talked in the past about M&A, and I, I don't know whether you're just sort of tipping your hat to it because all company directors need to say say these things. Yes, we're always looking. But right now, do you think you've got your uh, plate full? Oh, we're pretty full. Um, having said that, uh, you know, I think assuming operations bed down over the next few months and we can take a little less focus on that, uh, the, the lithium spin-out is, is ongoing, and when that spins out, there'll be less on the plate. Um, uh, so early next year, uh, I think it's also interesting um, having a chat with some um, corporate types earlier today, and I think we all agreed that the equity markets are getting tougher, and a lot of these developers in particular that need another 30, 40, whatever million to get them through the feasibility um, they haven't been, let's say, as open to discussions as, as you would think. And I think as that tap slowly winds down, if that equity drip, you know, dries up, then conversations can become a lot more real. And, uh, you know, I think you don't want to rush into it another three to six months if the current markets continue for juniors, then um, I think a lot of boards will be reflecting on you know how open they are to these M&A discussions. I, th- I think it's interesting obviously I think you know having built in the time frame that you have especially built the infrastructure and I'm looking at a picture here on my screen um, of, of the site you get a little bit more credit in the marketplace for saying like um, we know how to build mines we know how to get into production we know how to operate that that helps in terms of future available cash because there's, there seems to be a lot of marginal projects left a little, as you, I think you're indicating, uh, stranded up at the moment as a question of, do we see another 2020 happen again where projects get financed irrespective of what the team is and you know what the project looks like? Or is the, the dawning realization that mining's gonna be operating in a very different environment going forward? Um, do, is, are you finding people, are the bankers approaching you yet? Uh, on those sorts of conversations because they've got to deploy capital. That's how they make money. Oh, they do. And uh, look, we always get approached on M&A ideas and, you know, everyone's always open to funding good ideas and, and what have you, but we, we need to look at what we think is, is best for shareholders. And, you know, yeah, we've all suffered, but I, I think the developers are starting to suffer a little bit more in some ways as the equity market tap slowly screws shut um, and it's a combination of that and, and will. You know, if the 
the will is not there to to transact, you, you don't want to go hostile ever. It's, it's too hard. Um, and I think there's a mindset change that needs to happen from these 2020 days where show me the money, I want 20, I want 30, I want 40, and the money rolled in. And now they say I want 10 and well, here's four. And, and you know you're not going to get anywhere with that. That's where the opportunity lies for people like us in three to six months. And what do you think about the, the gold producers specifically? Because um, it, it has, in the past, I think, had a lot of competition with Bitcoin conversations going on and even sort of people moving off to technology. Both those things have come off wildly um, recently. But there is this move towards this kind of, you know, greenification. The battery metals seem to be... Um, flavor of the month, so to speak. Um, do you think gold projects are going to struggle going forwards, or do you think that this this insatiable demand for gold will will come back again? Uh, so, as with everything, it's down to price. Like coal was on the nose three years ago. Now coal is everyone loves coal again. It was no one would mention it, but now all these investment funds are, are going back into to coal because of the profits. That are coming out. So the same be with gold is that should price go up and should we hit stagflation or any of the other things? And the world is not in a good spot near with its economy. So you know, in bad times, gold does well. Uh, are we approaching one of those times? I am not an expert. I read a lot and I just get more and more confused. But all I know is that you know it's a, a very volatile world and and the chances of gold doing very well I, I think are, are pretty good. And if that happens, mm-hmm. love comes back pretty quickly. Crikey, I can't believe what I'm about to say. How much worse does it need to get? Because it seems like right now, if you, if you describe the, today's environment to you know gold investors 10 years ago, they'd have gone, right, that's Armageddon. So uh, gold will be at whatever they say, 3,000, yeah. 5,000, pick a number. Um, but it hasn't happened. So I'm just wondering, again, are, are the rules the same? That's, that's, that's the kind of question I'm asking myself as a gold investor. I'm like going, are the rules the same today as they were three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? And I'm, I'm kind of unsure. Totally unsure. But, uh, you know, with, with yields, bond yields going up, going down, um, you know, two-year to 10-year um, crossovers happening and yield inversions, and you know, it, it's so volatile at the moment. I think that's probably the issue is that no one can see clear direction. Once there's clear direction, uh, I think... Um, that's where the opportunity lies with with more the, the generalists getting into the gold space rather than just the gold bulls. But at the moment, it's you know, you look at what people are saying about the equity markets and the Fed, oh, that it's going to be a soft landing, it's all going to be good, and then out comes the Fed and says, no, 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 we're going to really hammer this and mood changes overnight. And, yeah, I, I think without the clear economic indicators, sentiment alone is not enough for gold price. Okay, um, I was just going to finish up on, I want to come back, back to the growth fund projects side of things again. Okay, C- current life of mine, eight years, right? Um, ASIC, you know, 1290, nearly 1300. Those are the things that people are going to be looking to you to reduce. You want to, you, you people looking, so is that Aussie that I'm looking at as well, 1290, or is that US? Yeah, that's Aussie, and that's, you know, we're saying guiding 10 to 20% increase on cost call at 15%. Right. On that, so that 1500. So brings it to okay, okay, US, okay, cool, and then fifteen hundred Aussie, yeah. which yeah, US is 
about a thousand one hundred. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're getting towards that thousand mark, which is good. Um. So they're looking to that, and the ways that you're going to be able to reduce that, obviously, increased throughput will help. So on, on that, you've talked, you've described, you know, where that potential increased throughput could come come from with with the, with, with the mill and extra feed and the fresh, etc. But eight year life of mine for institutions is a little kind of tiny little red flag at the moment. So how quickly do you think you need to, or will you be able to kind of indicate an increase in the life of mine? For sure, and that's, that's why we raised the 20 million to get out there and start drilling. Not going to add life of mine without turning the drill bit. So, you know, I'll be cracking on that later this year. And, um, uh, you know, we've got some low hanging fruit we can target. I suppose some of the stuff we're doing at the moment is a bit more greenfields just because we, our geos are super excited about what they're seeing on the ground. And um, uh, as I say, you know, there's, there's life of mine and then there's 16 gram ore bodies as well. So, uh, you know, it's again a balancing act where you need the bulk to keep the life going, but you need that sweetener as well to get those ounces up. Okay, so Dave, just, just, in, just in summary then, um, you know, what's, what's your assessment of, of the year and, you know, what have we got, um, what's, the, what's the phrase? What have we got to look forward to? That's it, get there yeah. in the end. Okay, here we go. Okay, Dave, look, just in summary, like, I appreciate your time today, but um, w your view of this year to date and, you know, what have we got uh, forward to look to? Yeah, so what a fantastic year. When you look at it, we've, we've built a gold mine, um, we're producing gold, pulled together a, a great team that's doing an exceptional job, exceptional job in, in very trying conditions. Our mill uh, can produce above tonnage that's been predicted. Recoveries at 98% are superb. Mining, when we're not short of COVID people, is uh, is hitting its straps. Um, so huge amount of positives have gone on to date. Uh, you know, we need to finish the ramp up and and do what we say it says on the on the tin, um, and that's what we're focused on now. And then looking ahead, you know, we're, we're back to drilling. Uh, the exciting stuff. Let's see what's out. In the wilderness, we've got some amazing targets. We've got the lithium spin-off. We, we want to add more ground to that. Um, so we see some real value add coming from those growth projects uh, once we've been down this first phase. And um, yeah, it's all in all, I think, been a, a, a really good year and, and looking forward to finish it, finishing it off strongly.